Welcome to the Birch Meadow Way podcast. We are students that go to Birch Meadow Elementary School. We will share what we have learned in school and our personal interests with you in this totally student-created podcast. You will learn about a lot of cool science and social studies topics. This podcast also includes non-school-related segments like a joke segment, book buzz segment, and story time. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes quicker. Make sure to check out our website, too. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, I'm Reese. And I'm Emma. And we're going to take you on a tour to the southwest. Specifically to Monument Valley. Monument Valley is located in northern Arizona and a little bit of it is in Utah. Monument Valley is very hot and gets very little rainfall every year. People have been living in Monument Valley for many years. Monument Valley is inside the Navajo American Indian Reservation. Let's get started. Here's the geography in Monument Valley. Did you know Monument Valley has 92,000 acres of land in which all of that land is part of the Navajo Indian Reservation? American Indians live all around the world, but many live in the Southwest, like the Navajo. They have many similarities, for example, school, like we do in Massachusetts. Did you know they have soda pop, flour, and popcorn? There are also many differences to us in comparison to Indian Americans in Monument Valley. For example, they build their own houses. Also, sometimes they eat traditional food. Not a lot of animals live in Monument Valley because of its hot climate, but some animals have learned to adapt to the harsh weather. Some of these animals are mountain lions, jackrabbits, coyotes, blizzards, iguanas, red-tailed hawks, and the tree sparrow. These animals are all wild animals. There's also some livestock. Some of these are cows, pigs, sheep, dogs, and horses. Not a lot of plants grow there either. There is one flower, the purple sage. The climate in Monument Valley is really hot in the daytime, and there are many lightning storms and little rainfall. Because Monument Valley is in desert area, did you know that Monument Valley only gets 5.9 inches of rain each year? Oh boy, could we stop here? Yeah, I'm so hot. Maybe we should climb that big rock. That's not a rock, Emma. That's a sandstone mesa. Oh, that reminds me. Monument Valley has lots of towering sandstone rock formations that have been sculpted over time. Believe it or not, these huge sandstone cliffs were created by wind and water. This is called erosion. Erosion takes a very long time to kick in, but if you're patient, it will create amazing things like the sandstone cliffs of Monument Valley. These cliffs get their own names by how they look. Emma, do you know what the most famous pair of mesas are? Hmm, I have to think about that one. Hmm, the mittens? You're right. Because of these beautiful sandstone mesas, Monument Valley has been a backdrop for many different movies. Some of these movies are The Stagecoach, 1939, Rio Grande, 1950, Once Upon a Time in the West, 1968, Wild Rovers, 1971, Wild American, 1997, Mission Impossible 2, 2000. Wow, that's a lot of movies. As you can see, Monument Valley is a beautiful place with all different things to see. Well, we're off. Have fun visiting Monument Valley, and don't forget to bring sunscreen. How about that break, Reese? I'm so hot. (laughs) Sure. Hi, everybody. This is Ellie, Olivia, and John. And we are going to teach you about earthquakes. 
We are first going to start with Ellie, who is going to teach us about what an earthquake is. And then John, who is going to tell us about causes of earthquakes. Then Olivia, who is going to teach us about effects of an earthquake. Then Ellie and John, who are going to tell you about how they are measured. Then Olivia and John are going to tell you how to protect and stay safe during an earthquake. And last, Ellie and Olivia are going to tell you some important events, and we are welcoming you to the Birch Meadow podcast. What is an earthquake, you may ask? Well, picture this. You are cozy and enjoying a good book when all of a sudden you feel the table shake. When I say shake, I mean rake really hard. So hard you might fall out of your chair. The pictures and mirrors on the wall fall off the wall. You are really scared. This is called an earthquake. It can cause lots and lots of damage. And just like I said, it can be really scary. But don't worry, we are going to teach you a lot about them. So you know what to do when one strikes. Did you know that earthquakes happen all over the world? And sometimes earthquakes are so small that you might not even feel it. That means that you could be in an earthquake right now. Another fact is that the worst earthquake in history was the Great Valdivia Earthquake. It lasted for 11 minutes, which is a lot for an earthquake. The average amount of time for an earthquake to last is most likely two or less minutes. So compared to the Great Valdivia Earthquake, that is very short. Here's another thing to help you understand what an earthquake might feel like if you're in one, or just to help you understand what an earthquake is. Earthquakes are really aggressive. What I mean by that is that they can make the ground really shake. That is basically what an earthquake is. And now to John. Hi, this is John, and now you're going to learn all about the causes of earthquakes. There are a lot of things that can cause earthquakes. For example, volcanoes can cause earthquakes because volcanoes can cause landslides and the rock and soil might make holes in the tectonic plates and that could cause an earthquake. Also, when tectonic plates move, earthquakes happen. I've been talking so much about tectonic plates, but what are they? Tectonic plates are also known as Earth's crust, but not like the crust on your pizza. It is the outer layer of the Earth, the part that we stand on and live on right now. So when tectonic plates move, the land will move too. There are big shakes in the earth called earthquakes. Here's Olivia reporting about effects of earthquakes. Hi, this is Olivia and I'm going to tell you all about effects of earthquakes. When earthquakes happen, they can destroy houses and buildings. They can kill people and injure people and make people homeless. If one building falls, it can make the one next to it collapse too. When earthquakes shake the ground, they can break electricity cables and gas pipes. They can change landscapes by opening cracks in the earth and changing land levels. In a severe earthquake, the ground can rise and fall like waves in the sea. Earthquakes can rip apart roads and crack and bend bridges. If an earthquake happens under the ocean, it can cause tsunamis. Earthquakes can also cause volcanoes. Now Ellie and John are going to tell you about how earthquakes are measured. Hi, Ellie and John back again. We're going to answer the question, how are earthquakes measured? Well, the answer is the Richter scale. It is the most important tool to measure earthquakes. The Richter scale has a 1.0 rating to a 10.0 rating. Did you know that 5.0 or higher is considered a deadly earthquake? The highest ranked earthquake was a 9.5 on the Richter scale. Animals also act a little weird when an earthquake might happen. So watch out the next time your pets start acting strange. 
People might also measure the ground shaking, and if the ground has been shaking at high levels for the last few days, that might mean that an earthquake might come. So then they get people prepared for what might happen. So that is how they measure earthquakes. Hi, this is Olivia. And John, again, and we are going to tell you how to predict an earthquake and how to stay safe during one. To predict an earthquake, the Richter scale comes into help to see the rating and how bad it is before it comes and if one comes. Then the scientists will tell the news and the news will alert people to evacuate the area and or find safety. Make an emergency plan so that you know what to do when an earthquake happens. Get under sturdy furniture like a table. Stay away from windows. If you are outside, stay away from tall structures like trees or buildings. Don't leave your house during an earthquake. I hope this helps you understand how to stay safe during an earthquake. Here are some earthquakes that we found interesting. Listen to find out. An earthquake recorded in the U.S. took place in Anchorage, Alaska. It measured MM scale more than 100 people died. Then an earthquake that happened in Mexico City, over 10,000 people died. Over 40,000 people got injured, and about 100,000 people became homeless. An earthquake in 2008 in China measured 7.9 on the Richter scale. It killed nearly 70,000 people, making it one of the most deadliest earthquakes of all time. It lasted for almost three minutes. Hundreds of thousands of people were injured, and millions became homeless. Another earthquake that caused lots of damage was the 1906 earthquake in California. It lasted for 45 seconds. 45 horrifying seconds. In San Francisco, a horrifying earthquake took place. Lots of roads were damaged. Lots of buildings were damaged, too. Lots of people sadly died and got injured. And lots of fires started, and that led to more and more damage. Now you should know all about what an earthquake is, what they cause, what starts earthquakes, effects of earthquakes, how they are measured, predicting and staying safe, and first-hand experiences of people in earthquakes. Make sure to check out our website to see cool images and websites about natural disasters. Bye! Bye. Welcome to the Joke Junction. Get ready to have your funny bone tickled. Hey, Nikki, what does a ghost teacher say? I don't know, Walter. What does a ghost teacher say? Look at the board and I'll go through it again. <laughs> what do you call a school with an ice cream sundae? I don't know. What do you call it? Deserted. Hey, Finn, if it took eight men eight hours to build a wall, how long would it take for four men to build the same wall? I don't know, Walter. How long? No time at all. The wall was already built. <laughs> hey, Walter, did you see that six-foot snake at the zoo? I didn't know snakes had feet, Finn. Well, hi there. Today we are learning about volcanoes in many different categories. Here are the people speaking. I'm Jackson. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. We are your hosts for Forces of Nature Volcanoes Edition. We will be doing segments all about volcanoes, from what is a volcano to predicting and staying safe to facts about volcanoes. Nick, what
What even is a volcano? Well, a volcano is a landform that can burst out lava, magma, and lightning. Sounds like when you put Mentos in Coke. Yes, but a lot more dangerous. Lava, magma, and lightning can come out the sides and the top of a volcano. Wow, cool. But how are volcanoes made? It's not like evil wizards made volcanoes, or did they? Jackson, evil wizards did not make volcanoes. Here's how they are really made. It all starts off deep underground in a magma chamber. A magma chamber is a big pot of boiling hot lava underground. The lava from the magma chamber rises to the surface and breaks through the Earth's plates. This is called a hot spot. The magma and lava burst onto the land and harden. This is when a volcano is born. Now, every time the hot spot erupts, it will go through the land and come out the mountain made of the hard lava and ash. That is volcano. What exactly causes a volcano to erupt? It sounds like an amazing magic trick. What triggers them off? Well, there are three main ways a volcano can erupt. One, earthquakes. Two, magma comes to the surface and comes out of the volcano. Three, when water underground interacts with magma, the steam builds up and boom, the volcano explodes. Yeah, that's cool. But what about things that happened from the eruption? Okay, what about this? The Katamai volcano chain erupts and causes ash and dust to poison the water, so no one can drink it. That sounds horrible. That's not all. I have more. What about Mount Vesuvius erupting and burying the inhabitants in ash and dust? You can still see the bodies there covered in ash and dust casts today. That was kind of a horror story. I know, right? What exactly are the effects of a volcanic eruption? Well, basically, volcanic eruption will destroy nature. Will an eruption kill animals, including humans? Yes, an eruption can kill, but also preserve. How? All the sediment from the eruption will cover the body or life human. What happens after the eruption? Some areas where eruptions happen fill up with water. Like swimming pools. I love to swim. I can do flips and spins and... No, Nick, you can't swim in floods. Oh, okay, whatever. Let's talk about how they are measured. How can you measure a volcanic eruption? Scientists will use machines to measure. What types of machines? Well, some machine scientists use are the stratometer and magnometer. Is there anything else? Yes, there is such thing as the VEI, Volcano Explosivity Index. That goes from zero gentle to eight enormous. Those are is eight numbers on the scale. Over the past 10,000 years, it has only gotten to three on the scale. Also, you can measure a volcano with the Richter scale, and drones can measure the gas bleached from volcanoes. That's pretty cool. I can already imagine the drone versus the volcano. Scientists must be really smart to make those awesome drones. But I've got something to share. Did you know there is no way to prevent a volcano from, from erupting? Seriously? Then what can you do when a volcano erupts? Fly away on a magic carpet or something? The best thing you can do is be safe. But sorry you can't fly away on a magic carpet. But you can try to predict a volcano eruption. Here are three ways to do just that. One, think. Has there been less vegetation and ponds in local water sources drying up? Two, has there been multiple low-level earthquakes? And three, is there gas coming out of a potential volcano near me? These are all sure signs of an eruption. If you don't notice any of these and there is an eruption, here are three ways to stay safe. If you are indoors, make sure to lock all windows and doors so ash doesn't come in. Two, if you are outside, seek the closest shelter. And three, avoid low-lying areas. Those are ways to be as safe as possible from a volcano. Let me tell you a story. Like this bright, sunshine, hot, no wind, that's when the volcano started. Started snowing like that fine pumice coming down. Make a lot of noise the size of rice, some of it, some of it smaller, and some of it bigger. 
Some of it was as big as a kettle or a pot, said Kayak Wagner in 1975. What happened next? The water used to be blue, flat, calm, no wind, and started to get white, 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 and pretty soon all white and dark. Dark came. Dark didn't come all of a sudden. It came gradually, getting darker and darker and darker and darker. Pretty soon, pitch black. So black, even if you put your hand two or three inches from your face outside, you couldn't see it because it was so dark. And then the people started gathering up. This was also said by Kayak Wagner in 1975. He seems smart. Did he say anything about surviving? Yes, he did. Put away all your water. Reserve it. When the ash comes down, there'll be no water anywhere. Flip your boats upside down. They'll fill with ash. Hey, Nick, that's scary. It's like what Jackson was talking about. Hey, Wagner is very smart. Definitely. Hey, let's learn about some actual volcano eruptions. Yes, I get to talk. What were some of the biggest eruptions ever? Like big, 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 big eruptions. Well, the biggest eruption was the eruption of Mount Tambor in 1815 on April 10th and killed an estimated 100,000 people and caused the year without summer in Europe. What was that? You can't just delete summer from the world. Well, the year without summer in Europe was terrifying with a shortage of food and water and there was snow in the summer. That sounds horrible. It was. What about the lesser deadly Mount St. Helens that killed 57 people but made the top blow up? Here are 12 explosive fun facts about volcanoes. Number one, Jupiter's moon Io is the most volcanically active body in the solar system. When a volcano erupts, particles from the ash can collide, which forms lightning. This comes out of the top of the volcano when it is erupting. This can also make an electric shock when the ash is flowing. 3. Olympus Mons is the biggest volcano in the solar system. 4. If Yellowstone supervolcano erupted, the ash would travel halfway across the U.S. Mount Tambor was the biggest erupted recorded. 6. Volcanoes can spit out ash as well as lava, which can pour in the air. 7. There are three types of volcanoes, composite, shield, and cinder cone. There is a volcano that erupts every hour? Now that sounds scary. 9. Volcanoes can cause landslides and tsunamis. 10. Mount Etna, the oldest volcano people know of, is about 350,000 years old. 11. The name volcano came from the Roman god Vulcan. Lava can come down a volcano at a speed of 80 miles per hour, 128 kilometers. That was it for volcanoes. Check out our website to see the pictures of things explained in the podcast. I hope you had fun listening to our speakers were Alex, Nick, and Jackson. Check out the rest of our Birch Meadow podcast. Well, I hope you learned something new about volcanoes and like this segment of the podcast. Bye! Welcome to the Birch Meadow Way podcast story time. My name is Clara, and I wanted to share a story that I wrote with you. Seth the Sloth's Race of the Jungle, a jungle version of the story The Tortoise and the Hare. In the humid, rainy climate of the Amazon rainforest, all of the animals were still asleep. The jaguar was in her den sheltered by trees, the monkey in his treetop perch. Every animal, that is, except for Seth. Seth the sloth was the fastest of the sloths in the jungle. Though the jaguar, elephant, and the leopard had all teased him about it, Seth was entering in the 14th annual Race of the Jungle, run by Lucy the lemur herself. Seth was usually a big sleeper, and although his bed in the canopy of the trees was perfectly comfortable, he couldn't sleep at all the night before the race. 
What was I thinking? Seth now thought, all the other competitors are big and strong and fast. I'm just a sloth. Although the three-toed sloth felt like he would be better off just to stay in his bed, he knew that Lucy the lemur would be upset if he didn't show up to the race, which was now in two hours. So Seth put on his new striped running gear and slowly but surely climbed down from his tree. At the bottom, he found Juniper the jaguar waiting for him and lazily stretching a black paw towards the sky. You'll never even finish the race, let alone win it, she said. Why did you even enter, Seth? Lucy is my best friend and she wants me to do it, Seth answered. Also, being the first sloth in the race of the jungle is a good title to have. There have been jaguars like you in every one of the races. With that, Seth in his new orange and blue striped running pants and headband took off the other way. Since he was a sloth, Seth wanted to walk to the starting line of the race of the jungle long before it was going to start. When he finally got to it, Lucy the lemur was practicing the race announcer's lines that Seth had made for her. They looked as though they had just been showered on by a few raindrops because the ink was blotched at the top. Hi, Seth, Lucy said without looking up at him. Hi, Lucy, Seth greeted. I brought you a copy of the lines in case they got rained on, which I see they have. Here. The sloth handed Lucy the non-ruined papers. Being the very prepared gentleman that he was, he knew that something like this might happen in the rainforest. Thanks, his lemur friend said. No problemo. Seth thought back to what his mother always told him. Never give up and try your best. That's all you can do. These words were what the sloth carried with him everywhere he went. They meant more to him than anyone in the rainforest could ever know. After an hour of a mixture of stretching and being nervous, the other competitors lined up at the starting line. The order was Mia the elephant as number one, Maurice the monkey number two, and Sasha the leopard, Juniper the jaguar, and Seth the sloth, and Timmy the tiger after them. On your marks. Lucy's voice was much louder thanks to her new megaphone. I don't think I can do this, Seth thought. But then he remembered his mother's words. Never give up and try your best. That's all you can do. Get set. Go! The race had started. All the other animals had taken off as Seth's best friend blew her whistle. Seth tried with all his might to go fast, but alas, he was a sloth. Nothing could change that and nothing would. You can do it, Seth, the Lima race announcer encouraged him. It had been she, after all, that had suggested that Seth enter the race. I know that Lucy thinks I can win this, but I don't know, the three-toed sloth thought, but I'll have to try. With a burst of speed that Seth had no idea what it came from, he caught up to Juniper the jaguar, who was seeming to wait for Seth to catch up to her. You're finally here, Juniper said. How did I know it would take so long? Oh, that's right, because you're a sloth. Juniper just stayed in the middle of the racetrack while Seth carried on. Oddly, he didn't see anybody on the way to the finish line. Not even Mia the elephant, who had come last in the year before his race. Just as Seth was about to cross the finish line, he saw that the rest of the competitors who had entered the race were all taking naps spread out near the finish line. Maybe they thought I wouldn't make it, thought Seth. That means I might actually be able to win this thing. Slow though it was, Seth made his way through the finishing tape and became the first ever sloth winner of the race of the jungle, proving that slow and steady always wins the race and to never give up on doing something you love. The end. This is the Birch Meadow Book Buzz. My name is Eva, and today I'll be telling you about the Warrior series. Rusty, a house cat, joins one of the cat clans of the forest. The clans are Wind, Shadow, River, and Lost, but not least, the clan that Rusty joined, Thunder Clan. When Rusty joined the clan, he got a name, 
Firepaw. If you would like to learn more, then look up Warriors, The Prophecies Begin. There are six books in the series. I'd recommend that you read them in order. You can go to your local library or go on Amazon. I hope you have enjoyed my review. Happy reading! Hi, this is Elena. We are learning about the history of the South and specifically about slavery, segregation, and civil rights. After the first lesson about slavery, we all had some pretty strong feelings that we shared in an assignment. Here are just some of those reflections. Hi, this is Maria. I always feel upset when I learn about slaves because they were thought of as less than human. One thing that surprised me was that it was illegal to teach a slave how to read. Hi, this is Sebastian. Something that upset me is that the slave families working on the farms were split up. Hi, this is Avery D. What upset me was how the slaves were treated. They were taken from their country and were forced to work. Their families were sometimes split up and sent to other plantations. What was interesting was the Underground Railroad. I liked how the slaves had somewhere to hide, and I was amazed how Harriet Tubman gave freedom to so many slaves. Hi, this is Phoebe. One thing that upset me was that the slave owners made the slave families separate from each other, even if they had a young baby or child, which they would never see again. Hi, this is Cam. What surprised me is that Harriet Tubman never lost a slave and never turned back until the slaves got to safety. Also, how she didn't get caught going back and forth, bringing slave after slave after slave to freedom. Thanks for listening to our episode. We hope you had fun listening and we know you learned a lot. We certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Remember to hit subscribe and check out more of our episodes. And don't forget to go to the Birch Meadow Way podcast website. Learn, achieve, believe together.